Let me in, let me check. Can I hear everyone? Let's see, can I hear? Can you hear me? Let's get the man himself in. Let's double check. Let me find him. How is everybody doing? Everyone's enjoying the uh, bank holiday weekend. So this is this is commitment. This is you know this is my this is my bank holiday weekend. We're here, but I know my guest is so committed to property that I know he's been waiting four p.m. just to make sure he's good to go. Hi, the guy, Cash Legend, Legend, Legend. Good to see you here, Alfred. How you doing, bro? Listen, I was gonna banter you and be like, bro, Cash. We might have to reschedule, bro. The weather's looking too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. To be fair. This is like the definition of, of commitment because it's the bank holiday weekend. Everybody's, you know what I mean? Everyone's trying to enjoy good vibes, relax. But, you know, the businessmen, the money don't sleep. Listen, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. I, I, I know. And I know you're very, you're very finance focused. I knew you'd be here live and direct. Let um, me do a little intro. I, myself, from Kaz or Kazi from Property by Kazi, a.k.a. the PBK. You know, we have to have an acronym to sound extra serious right now. Um, <laughs> thank you, everybody that's in the building. Seen a few familiar faces. CEO Cost, my guy CEO with a CEO. Um, exactly. Ashley Inks, legend from the end. So nice to see you again, my brother. Yeah, but property over weather today. We'll vibes a little bit later. Today I've got the guy Alfred. Alfred's gonna confirm how I say his last name because I always say it wrong. Jade, bro, Jade. Imagine yeah. J, J A D E, yeah, Jade. Jade, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It's like it's like the Nigerian Jade, Jade. Yes. yes, yes <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I feel you. I feel you. So today we're gonna be discussing. What well, Alfred's actually gonna be answering. Hopefully, some of your questions. I've got some questions I want to put to him. Um, so he is based in Coventry. He focuses on BRRR, which is buy, refurbish, um, refinance and rent out. Also working in the HMO space. So it's really focused on creating luxury, high yielding, very quiet, bespoke HMOs. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what I understand about your journey. But please introduce, the, introduce yourself to the people a little bit more. Yeah, no, thanks, guys. I was just thinking to bring you on here as well. Um, but yeah, my name is Alfred Jade. Um, like Kaz said, I'm based in the West Midlands. Pretty much focused on HMOs at the moment, um, just trying to build a portfolio of HMOs for income, uh, trying to mm -hmm. set a foundation. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I aspire to do bigger things in terms of getting into developments, but I think you have to have a set foundation and have income, which allows you to then tackle the bigger project, which take a bit longer to fruition. Um, so that's pretty much me at the moment, that's what I'm doing. In terms of the HMOs, I'm mainly focusing on HMO for professionals. I do mm -hmm. have some students ones as well, but mainly, mainly professionals more than, more than students. Can't be against students. <laughs> no. I'm just at the moment I'm finding tenants who are um, professionals more than I am students at the moment. So yeah, I hear you, bro. I hear you. Um, there's something you touched on actually very early on, which was you kind of mentioned. Like I'm doing HMOs at the moment, but I'm going to get onto bigger things. And I think sometimes as developers and as investors, we almost get lost in the journey, particularly because we so see we want so much and we see so much grandeur that we forget to embrace how good we're actually doing already because I'm sure there's, there's loads of people, even loads of people in here that would love to be in your position and that kind of achieved everything you've done. So I think sometimes we've got to, you know, smell the roses a little bit and just yeah, uh, no, embrace what we've actually achieved. <laughs> literally as well. Um, I feel like there's, there's a lot of options out there in terms of strategies we can do, how to build your wealth. Um, I think you have to kind of work on what works for you in terms of your game plan. 
what's your long-term goal and is what you're doing actually getting you to a goal. For me, I won't start something if I know it's not even aiding or getting close to my journey. So it, it, I'm very, very focused. Um, on, uh, there's so, like I said, there's, there's so many things I can get involved in, but I, I have a game plan. I'm trying to stick to that game plan. Um, yeah. And that's, that's the way I see it pretty much. Yeah, I think specialization at an early stage, like diversifying the long term, but you specialize yeah. and then you like you mentioned foundation, you build that solid foundation, whether that be a capital base, whether that be income, you have a lot more to work off. Exactly. So um, again, I mentioned Coventry, you said West Midlands as a whole. Is that where you're from originally? No, no. South East London, bro. Oh, <laughs> I know this, but yeah. Um, so my, my progression in terms of like, so I, I, I was brought up in, um, in South East London. Um, and then when I went to uni, I went to Hertfordshire. Mm -hmm. So I did a master's degree, uh, like an MEng, an engineer that's on here would know what that means. Um, it's a four-year degree, and then coming out of that, so I did aerospace engineering. Coming out of that, landed a project management job at Jaguar Land Rover, and then I was kind of doing that for five years. I was in corporate world for five years. Um, it was really good, amazing, good pay, everything. Currently, contracting job as well, so it was, it was good, um, mm -hmm. it was good pay. Um, but I didn't kind of settle for that. I think year one. Someone asked me, what made you, at what point did you kind of start to look into property? And for me, it was like literally year one of working. I, obviously, at the beginning, you're gas, you, you're getting a good salary, you're enjoying yourself. I was traveling. Um, but then I kind of looked back, I was like, okay, now let's move forward. How can I make six figures? What, what's the next What's the next step? What does it look like in a corporate world? Um, and like when you did your research, for some strange reason, I've never sat down to kind of look ahead of even getting a job. Like, what does it actually mean to make six figures in, in this career? Mm -hmm. um, only when I went to look for it, I found out like you have to have years, grey hair, old, um, maybe jump from company to company, or maybe mm -hmm. jump from the company diagonally uh, to try and plan that up a lot quicker. But it's like I'm not waiting. Even it's five years, I'm not waiting five years to make six figures. There's people that I know are making six figures a month, like literally. So it's like, why am I waiting that time? So and then obviously, property was a vehicle I knew could get me there, or at least help me get us another stage to allow me to get even even higher, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's how I kind of, and now I think, I'm pretty much based in, yeah, in the mid Midlands because of work. Okay. They take you. And so just to, just to stick with that, so you were obviously from London, moved to the Midlands for, so was it your, was your job in the Midlands as well? Or was that Yeah, in Coventry, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. So then, yeah. Okay, so then was it still kind of because it was where you were based or was it where you thought you'd get the best return on investment? Or was it because the amount of capital? Like, what originally made you start investing in the Midlands? Um, because I know it works. Um, investors, investors invest in Coventry. Um, I think everyone, Birmingham, all these other areas. But again, it was about distance. Kind of like how quickly can I get to these areas? Coventry is the closest one to me. So it's like, it made sense. I know it works. Prices are okay as well to get into. Uh, so I was happy with that area. I didn't look elsewhere to be honest. It's pretty much Coventry. I just knew it worked for HMOs and I'm like, I'm deep okay. diving into that area and making understand how uh, the investment works within that area. Nice. I think this kind of this question um, from Amin kind of leads into what you said. So with your first deal, um, how did you how did you fund it? How did you first how did you complete your first deal? How much capital did you have available to get going and start your journey? Yeah. So. Um, when I was starting out, I, all my deals I've done, I've, I've leveraged other people in terms of their funds. Mm -hmm. I've never had the funds to kind of do the entire deal myself, like even, even deal one. Um, the way I kind of went about raising money to start with is I started off, so I was, I was working, 
where I worked, there was quite a lot of people who had money around them, potentially in the banks and stuff. Um, obviously, me working there for a while, I've shown myself kind of going into courses, networking. So everybody I worked knew I was in property or wanted to buy property, wanted to invest in property. But even ahead of that, I kind of said, look, I've got this idea. I need capital to do this event. Um, and I just started borrowing money. There was nothing big, like 10, 15, 20K. Got to a point where we were raising up 50K for a freshness mm-hmm. event in, in Coventry. And then at that point, it's like, okay, great, we're making a lot of money, but it's like now I'm going to kind of take that money, put it into asset, which can give me a recurring income monthly, as opposed to doing a, a lump sum, doing an event and get a lump sum of money and then kind of mm-hmm. going again and then again and again. So, yeah, so when I got to that point of 50K, um, to be able to raise 50K, I then used that to get my a property. It was, a, it, was, it was an old HMO, so it was like a, it was a five-bed HMO by a retiring yeah. landlord who didn't, want to obviously do anything with it no more um it was through an agent um built a report that person as well um but i think the, it, i bought it at 225 um is what i bought it at um and then the refurb was about 88k mm-hmm. and that revalued at 360 uh okay. in terms of income that's bringing in about i think a thousand five mm-hmm. um net a month so gross gross, gross income gross income is 3400 on that one um, and then minus all your things. I always say like 40%, yeah. 35-40% is where your kind of net profit is, even after storage, storing money for maintenance. So if you want to keep all that stuff and use all, yeah. all, all what, that what do you, What do you um, budget for maintenance monthly? Do you have like a percentage? Yeah, yeah, so it's about 15, 15%. 15%, you, well, that's high. I only, I only budget about 7%. Yeah, so, so I, I, it's just, so, so then, sorry, let me put it in context. Yeah. I, I, I budget 15 based on my numbers. Okay. Like on the spreadsheet, but in reality, that's what I'm saying. In reality, like the money that that's net net to me is actually mm. higher than the forty percent. Right? Yeah, yeah, because but you just you you work on like a prudent numbers, which I think exactly is exactly. always a really good thing to do in the property space because whether it's your income from your rent roll, whether it's your development costs, there's always a lot of what if factors. So yeah. I mean, COVID is crazy. Nobody would have predicted COVID, but even just you know, I don't know them building loads of flats locally and demand dipping slightly for something or, you know, different things having slightly higher voids or just having tenants that don't get on for whatever reason. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's, um, it's important to have like a contingency, but they're really good numbers though. So, um, you know, you mentioned like 1,500. Do you have like an income figure goal that you're trying to get to um, with the H- with your HMO model? Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to get towards, I'm hoping by the end of the year, I can get to, um, I would say, 10K, like, net. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, 10K, 10, yeah, I'll say 10K net. I should, I should maybe, like, I'm hoping I, I'm going to be a 10K net by December this year, fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to still top up that, that, that money. So I've got, I've, obviously, I've got other things that going on in the background as well. But mm-hmm. through the HR portfolio itself, yeah, 10K, 10K net, like, worst case. Yeah. That's good because then that means. And how long have you been? How long have you been in in property since since your first deal? Um, it hasn't been long. Like everyone seems to think I've been like doing. So get, don't get me wrong. So I've been I've been learning about property. I started learning February yeah. two thousand seventeen. It's when I kind of yeah. my first ever like free seminar, reading books, that kind of stuff. Um, but it was for me. It's like because I invested so much into my education. I spent about almost twenty. I spent twenty five grand on, on this course. Um, so I kind of used all my capital that I'd saved up. I was actually going to use that to buy a house, my own residential home. Um, so I had to resave the money 
And then that kind of said, okay, that took me, that sent me back a year. Um, and then I had this mindset of, oh, yeah, I've just got a house. Let me just get used to, like, the bills. Because, again, another thing as well, when you buy a house, your home, um, furnishing the house, nobody ever talks about that. Mm. So that's an additional 10, 15 grand on top of the, just the deposit money to actually get the keys to the house. Yeah. Um, so it set me back quite a bit. And I, had, I was in this mindset of, well, I'm only just, I've only just got a home. Let me get, get settled in a bit. Um, so my first, I think my first offer was accepted somewhere like October uh, 2019. Um, then the sale completed in February. So February, February 20. Then from there, it's like I've just spiraled in terms of like the projects. Um, so but yeah, that's, mm. yeah, that's, that's where I'm at, I guess. But that's good. I mean, even when we spoke, like, and you said sort of, at the beginning, you said best case scenario, like in your existing job, or your, your job, your previous job as a project manager at Range Rover and Land Rover, uh, Range Rover and Jaguar, um, you'd be sort of looking five years plus experience and probably a lot longer to get, you know, to get to six figures. So if you manage to achieve that, um, you know, in, in, in a lot short, like, you know, way less than half of that time, um, Chris, that's, that's very commendable for you, sir. It's a good to see that. <laughs> that, that so is there, there going to be some sort of six figure, like 10K, 10K party that we can attend? You know, Bro, that's that master. Not, for me, I, not, I've been, I don't know. I'm not one to. I need to, I need to get better at this. Um, I, we've spoken about this in the past. I know we, we have, we have, we have. Uh, I kind of because I hate targets and I move on to the next thing. Like I've got big aspirations, so for me, like 10k is like nothing to be honest. Mm. Obviously, it, it's, it could be something to someone else, but I'm not gonna like. I was thinking, right, I'll be happy that I've got, I've done it, but it's like I'm already looking at the next thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Which so, is, is good, but I would say I saw this thing recently. It was, um, I think, the guy Stephen, the guy um, youngest ever, the dragon in Dragon's Den. Dragon, Steve, Steve, uh, Bar, Bar, Bar something, Bar something. Steve, Steve, Barnett, Bar Barnett, Barnett. I Barnett, think it's Stephen Barnett, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was talking about his interesting tweet and his like, discussion where they were saying, although this generation is like really good with being entrepreneurial and, you know, working really hard and grafting, is that because of so much almost self, you know, uh, you know, like isolating workloads, and like a lot of people being self-employed, there's the potential. Barlet, much appreciated, Stephen Barlet. Barlet, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but so the tweet talking about because that you know everybody is working in isolation and independent. Um, what that means is potentially we could be almost the most overworked and not depressed, but like you know, like have a lot of like um, you know potential like mental health issues. So I do think that is really important as much as we want to achieve everything and with the exposure of Instagram and social media that everybody's always looking at bigger and better things. I think to embrace the mini wins is one way of kind of protecting your mental health as well to make sure that you actually say like pat yourself on the back every now and again and say, Do you know what? I've done something here because if you're always thinking about the next step, next step, next step, you will like, you could never actually embrace the fact that you're doing well. But it's just a case, Dif different, different strokes for different folks. But obviously, we're here to discuss. And I fully get that, you know, the mindset of, look, I just want everything is, is great. And it's, it's very, 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 you know what I mean, commendable. But I think just, just from, a, from a brother to a brother, I would say just pat yourself on the back because you're doing amazing things. Yeah, no, I, don't, I, I, try, I try. Like I said, I'm, it's something I'm conscious about. Like, so I, I do try and take time out. So, you know, what? I've got somewhere. Let's mm -hmm. celebrate. Um, but yeah. There probably will be some sort of celebration. I don't know. Who knows? No, I'm gonna. He just doesn't want. No, he just doesn't want us to invite us to the party. He's gonna have one. <laughs> he doesn't want to invite the property by Kazi followers. But it's cool. We'll, we'll do something else. 
random tangent. What's your background? In terms of what, like, like, like oh, country? Yeah, yeah, Ghana, Ghana, Ghana. Do you not feel like bank holidays? As much as I'm, you know, a serious African man, I feel like bank holidays. They just, we just still need to embrace the bashment and the soca. It's just, it's just something about a bank holiday that the Caribbeans just still <laughs> running. I mean, you've been to many carnivals, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, bro. I digress. But no, genuinely, like I said, um, we have conversations, and and um, I'll for someone that I will just pick the phone up to and call, and there'll be no purpose of the conversation, but it'll be just a case of two people that are both maybe really busy and have a lot of similar problems, similar successes, and sometimes it's good just to talk to somebody like-minded just to get things get things off um, off your chest. I think one thing you touched on actually that I think I do want to talk about because a lot of people ask. And one of the most common questions I get asked, and I'm sure you yourself is, you know, I'm this age, how do I start in property? Um, it's a very vague question. But you touched on the fact that you invested 25000 um in your property education. Could you just touch on what, what that looked like for you and how, how you think that did, didn't benefit you? Yeah, um, so obviously I went on this, this seminar thing, TR free seminar. Um, I, I liked I went and I paid 1K to on this three-day uh, seminar thing to kind of get a bit, they call it more not advanced, like a basic training. Um, and I just liked what I heard. And I'm someone like, if I'm very logical, because I'm, I'm, I'm an engineer from background, my background is, I'm very, like, it has to make sense. I need to be able to make sense of it. Um, so it, it was obviously still a big decision at the time, because we should have emptied my bank account at the time uh, to pay for this course. But it was like, it, it, I kind of sold to myself as well, I'm going to spend this money some way, somehow in my lifetime, mm. whether it's through holidays. Me going to club like clubs, um, do you know what I mean? I'm going I'm to spend that money. So it's like, why not pull that money forward, spend the money today to allow you to make more money? Um, so it's like, even if I, even if it didn't make me money, I'm going to make that money back, back through work or through other means. It, it, I'm going to make twenty five grand, like, and grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of money. And um, so it was like, it was a no brainer to me. I kind of saw it as well compared to my university degree. Like, look, you spend twenty five grand. Got a good salary job. Um, let's go again. Spend the same amount of money as like another degree. Let's see where that brings you. And I was confident before even obviously putting the money down. Like I'll go in and make more from it, and I did. So, um, and then, and your course? Would you tell people the course you did? Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So it's um, caveat. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> not selling it, but no, no, yeah, everything yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Not selling so, the course. They, they're called they were, at the time they were called Elite Elite um, Elite Legacy. They're now called Asset Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time as well, I think the only progressive and um, asset academy. But even at that time, I didn't go around looking to say, "Oh, let me compare other courses or let me go look, read reviews." I just literally, I heard what I heard something, I liked it, it resonated with me, and I was a hundred miles per hour. Let's go, let's let's do this. Um, so I didn't compare, I didn't I didn't do any of that, I didn't do any checks, done nothing, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I knew I was going to take action. I had a self belief. So I think it has to start with you. If you have any doubt in your mind that you, this isn't going to work or is this really true, then I would say don't do it. Um, but with anybody, a mentor, any, anybody, anything I've ever done, literally it's just been like I've resonated with the thing so much and like, yeah, what is it? How much is it? I'm in. Let's, let's do it. Um, so it's, it's always internal before you, you do anything external. Yeah. I think because um, courses are a very, in, or courses and property education are very, like, there's a lot of di- like differing opinion when it comes to property courses. A lot of people, um, you know, really that have really good experiences and off the back of um, a course, like somebody like yourself, have made a lot of mo- like a lot of money and, and you know turned around a lot of success off the back of a course. 
And a lot of people have had an experience where they think they didn't get value for money. Um, a lot of people have done loads of education. A lot of people have done little. But I think with anything, it's a case of what's right for you. There's no like one size fits all. And if you go and do this course, you're guaranteed to make money in the same exactly. way that we could both be, we could all be on the same university course. We could all be spending nine K a year for that university course. But some people are going to come out and get an amazing job. And some people aren't. And that's not because the course was bad or the, like, it's just that maybe it wasn't right for them. Some people need a different route. Um, Cause I think somebody like somebody even in the comments said that they think like, by the way, we're not selling the course just so, just for a bit of context, it's not a course that we're selling or a course that we're advising <laughs> anybody to do. I we're just talk- yeah, we're just we're just talking about the um, the journey itself. But like in any situation, again, I'm actually not a massive advocate, and me and Alfred would have a difference of opinion on this. I'm not a massive advocate of a lot of the courses, but I would what I would say to you know to sort of um, to, to say the other side is if we take Alfred's experience. Somebody would say 25, like I think three people responded with 25K for a course. What a waste of money. But you're saying this to the person that now has or is about to have a 10K salary per month based on the success that course delivered. So if you look at that return on investment, that return on investment is going to be in the thousands of percent. Bro, so I'll it, tell you one thing. So to cut you off here, yeah. mm. that course, I learned something crazy. The whole principle of borrowing money cheaply. I made the money back in year one. Mm-hmm. That's how I went and did the event business. I knew, I knew I've got a network of people with money. I can go borrow 10 grand off 1% a month and go make 10% a month. Just put it out there. Like, so for me, like, the money got made back. So I didn't even, and the joke about it, the money didn't even come through property to start with. It came through events. And then I was like, okay, long-term wealth. Do you know what I mean? Build something for yourself. Recurring income every month. Then I started to put it into, into, into property. But I, I think just don't look at the number. Listen, uh, people, I think people fixate on, on the number 25 grand. Like I said, grand, grand scheme of things, 25 grand is, is very, like, it's a, it's a drop in the, in the ocean. So it's, it's about what can you get, like what you're alluding to, like in terms of return and investment. What is that going to add to you to be able to allow you to level mm. yourself up to go and make more money? And if you feel like that's, that's, that's what it's going to cost to get in, in, into the room or to, to learn the not to have the knowledge, then do it. But obviously, like I said, I've, I've known people that spend even more money than me on courses and are, are not where I am. So it's it's up to each individual and how you want to utilize the information you're learning. Because again, the information isn't it's worth nothing if you don't use it. And and I think again, because I just like for me, I don't ever get offended by anything anybody anybody says. Like someone could say, "Oh, like you're stupid for that." Because people tell me, "Oh, man, how I have done zero courses. I've never done a course. I I've never went to a networking event. I've never did a seminar. I've never like even really picked up a book. Like when I started." I just yeah. knew that I knew people, I knew how to project manage, and I knew numbers. That was my thing. But the reality of it is that not everybody learns the same and not everybody actions the same. And so, for example, there's loads of different things. That for that 25K course to somebody else, they made the exact same course down the road that was 2,500. But yeah. you may not network with the same people. You may not, you know, it may not be delivered the same. It may just not work for you. There's also a case of for some people, when they know they've spent money, that gives them a level of accountability in themselves that says, you know what, I need to make this money back. So it's almost like the fear factor of spending money. Um, the other side, though, for me, is that I think somebody touched on the fact that there is, we live in the information age. There is so much free information out there, whether it's Google, YouTube, Clubhouse, Facebook groups, etc. Um, you can find so much of this information out there. H- 
However, like for me, just engaging with people, there is a million fake gurus. There's a thousand experts that have never done it. There's loads of armchair property developers that will be, you know, sent, like giving you these free courses, but actually don't have the information. They're just trying to build up a portfolio to make money and sell courses. So it, it's a balance. But like with anything you do, you know, you need to, you just need to look at your return on investment and what works for you. Because what I would say is, yes, you can find all the information on Google. However, you can also find all the disinformation and the incorrect information on Google. And to be able to have it in a concise place, like a course, or whether or not it's a 25k course, whether or not it's a 500 pounds e-learning guide, I think there is an element of your own learning you need to do. So, for example, if you take yourself, you went out, studied, like um, you know, in different areas prior to taking on those courses. So you kind of knew from a project management element how you could deliver in X places, but you need had a very specific niche that you needed to fulfill your gap in the property space. So you're already, even though you hadn't done all the free research. You'd already yeah. maybe filled up 90% of what you needed to deliver. And it was that final 10% that was going to get you to 100 and be ready to go. Yeah. I think courses are always so contentious. Like, they're, they're interesting. Like, I, we could probably have a conversation just on courses because some people... Um, but it's like, I think so, because I just I read the comments sometimes. Like, yeah, no, I'm literally, it, I'm literally flicking through as well. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's interesting because I, the reason I say I, re I read the comments is because... The, the literal thing is like you'll have somebody will highlight an example of like um, um what's the, the the virgin CEO called Richard Branson? Richard Branson. Like, oh, he's dyslexic. He never went to school. He became a like almost a millionaire or slash billionaire and didn't do any of that stuff. But then that's still like a, a one in ninety nine percent example, for example. And it's just it doesn't mean it's not possible. And if somebody says, like myself, that I say, oh, I managed to do X, Y, or Z without doing a course, that's great. But I also know 100 people that look at me and they think you're very lucky that you didn't make all of these mistakes because you didn't have this knowledge bank um, at the beginning. So I would say it's a balance. You have to do what works for you. There's, there's not going to be a, a go-to, like a, a course isn't, if, and to be honest with you, even if you've got loads of money, a course isn't going to make you a good property developer. Even if you've got loads of time, reading a good book isn't going to make you a good property developer. You know, that you have to, it's just that you have to find what works for you. Yeah, and I think as well, like, a course, you can't just, like, so I, I don't think there's any course, I don't know, from my experience, there's no courses out there that kind of, like, you're just going to do a course and you're going to be the best or be this property developer. I think it's, it's, a, it's a gradual um, build-up of information. So you learn something, even if you're like doing it yourself through YouTube, Google, whatever, or courses here and there, you're still trying to fact find to build information as you go along your journey, because you'll come across something. Like you're not going to know to ask the same question because you haven't come across it before. Does that make sense? And a course isn't going to cover every single element of the mm. development. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just not. So your network becomes the next bit you have to leverage the most. And I think with the courses, the good thing is, yeah, you're, you're already tapping into a potential network from that case uh, company. So that's the yeah. real, real plus side. The, the information is there, yeah, in classroom talk, get it there, you haven't got to go fact find yourself, it's there, but you're still not, it's, not, it's still not enough to get you to kind of go and do it and everything is sorted, every single question has been answered, no. You, your network is then the bit that, that fills in the gaps that's, that, that you, you come across when you, when you actually go on the journey itself. Yeah, because I think, and, and, and the misconception, and I think people do put out black things that are incorrect, so... 
um, Yinka Bali, um, you just said, um, you learn more from doing your own research than you're paying for a course. That's possible, but that's, that's a, like, it's an incorrect statement to say you will learn. You could learn, but it's also, yeah, it's property, is, property is capital intensive. All you need is some money and good credit. Again, that's so incorrect. Because if all you needed was money and good credit, there'd be like loads of people that, um, that, for example, come from work, come from a working life, have money and good credit and are amazing property developers. But they aren't. There, there may be the same people that are reaching out saying, can I mentor them or can I talk to them? Because it's not all you need. That, that's the, the, the reality of it. If it, that was all you needed, then there wouldn't be really even any need for a discussion like this because you wouldn't have to speak to people and network with people and learn about property. You would just need money and good credit. Like for myself, like just to kind of give an example, I said I've never done a course. However, next year, I'm going to go and do my master's in property development. Now, I'm not trying to get a job anywhere. I'm not trying to, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not trying I, to start I, I, working. I, I, I did want to pull you up on this one, though, bro. Like, what, what, what makes you want to go into do this, this, this course? Do you know I, why? Need, so, I, need to, I need to explain this. So do you know what? Yeah, let me even show you what I'm reading now. So it's like, you see the academic books in property, but I don't know. I think you, I think we've spoken about this one. So this, this one here. Okay. Property, yeah. Okay. Property, but yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Um, by the Lord's side. And then this, this one here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's something I could do in, in my spare time. I do it over like the course of a year or two years, like one day a week. Um, but it's like the grounding of the course, like so a lot of the modules are about very specific niches that I would go into in the long term. So like um and it's just stuff that you know, like stuff that I know is gonna save me from making mistakes, like knowing it like more inside and out. So dealing with, for example, um like affordable housing stuff. Like I can go and read like a chapter in this book that's on affordable housing, but I just feel like um Particularly when I'm, some of the stuff that we're planning for the long term, like being effectively like accredited, being more comfortable in my own kind of knowledge base and skill set would allow me to, to achieve bigger and better things. So again, it's not something that I need. One question. What is it going to cost you to acquire that information? That information? What is it going to cost me to acquire? Yeah, the, 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 the degree. The degree. Um, 10 no. grand, let's say. No, a bit more. Think. All right. The point. The point here is why not? Why not? I don't know. Shadow a developer and kind of go through a development with that developer ah, over a year. Which is an amazing question because I know the way I learn. Like so, you know, in like in terms oh, of you I know what you know, need. Okay. Like I, and that, so that's why I gave the example that I could do that. I've now networked. I can meet people. I, I think we've got um, Anthony Laville on next week. Who's doing you know massive yeah, yeah. like like sort of eight potentially nine figure projects um and i could network with him and say okay but it's like that i know isn't the way i learn so i think a lot of the time in this property education space you have to know what works for you yeah and if like if you can learn really well off youtube and instagram and stuff like then why not like literally no like there's not a reason not to but you just have to know what works for you 100 percent um I, I do want to go back so i know we spoke about so your first deal um you said you purchased for two 220 225. 225, a revaluation of 360. Yeah. How, how did you find that? Like, was that, did you, did you make any mistakes on that first, being your first project? Um, uh, yeah, so like things, yeah. Um, so what, what I think, 
little little things like where you, you want again you want to learn for a course so like for example soccer um, locations and like layouts mm. i thought it was very logical so we've got a floor plan you know with the beds the furniture of the room the stuff are going given the floor plans over to the build team this this team obviously outsourced the the work the electrical work to electrician the electrician just kind of i think he just told the electrician put four seconds per room mm. hasn't really said or the electrician hasn't really seen the, seen the lo locations of the beds and like the floor plan basically so they just put they just put the socket wherever they want. So I'm not come on sign like why is this socket behind the wardrobe? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Based on the floor plan I've shared with this this um, with this team, our project manager basically, um, and so things like that. Like you just you overlook it and just assume that because again I'm, I'm very I'm not someone that's going to be on site every single day managing the, the trades. I, I'm, I'm working with a construction company, um, leveraging the team. They're they the, they're the team that are going to go and go and deliver. I, I just need to be very, very clear on what exactly I wanted to del deliver. And I feel like I hadn't, I haven't state, I hadn't stated certain things to be very precise. And I, that's a big lesson. I think when you're, when you're leveraging things, yes, you want to kind of give the onus on the team to kind of deliver it. But again, it's mm. got to be very, very clear. No, no room for like, um, what's the word? That, yeah, just like margin for error. Yeah, yeah. Did, have you started to use um, construction drawings at all? Yeah, I've always, I've always, when you say construction drawings, I'm, I'm referring to floor, I'm just referring to floor plans. Yeah, no, so you have like, so you have like, your, um, your drawings for planning, like, so just the main ones just to get whatever plan you require. Yeah. Then um, you have your structural drawings for like your steels and like, yes. yeah, for building That's control, like, like your building control. And then like construction drawings, which would like, you said like, they would actually outline like locations of sockets, radiators, um, how stuff's going to be built, for example. I haven't. I've, I've I've always stuck to the because um, they're quite expensive that, to be fair. Like and yeah, no, like I, I never I never bother going. So literally, what would happen is once no, I, once I don't either. Just that's why I just, I just wondered just off the yeah, back no, of I, that. Yeah, no, I don't either. I just, once the ripout happens, literally go wall by room by room. We mark up mm. everything, sockets, dimensions, measure every every single thing. Obviously, I don't need to measure it, but we, mm. the guys know the bed sizes, height, the length, mm. what's going where. Um, so if we're saying spotlights, I'm not going to tell him we'll take maybe six spotlights in this room. And then the work I have to make it symmetrical. Yeah. Uh, radiator usually next to a window. Mm -hmm. Sockets by the beds. Um, dimble switches or switch by the bed. They know the length, so they can kind of measure up. Put the socket next to the bed. So all those things are kind of we go around room by room and do it. Um, and then similarly, the kitchen designs. Once the kitchen's in, we know where the sockets are going because again we'll get we'll get whoever's designing the kitchen to design it, and then we know where the socket the sockets are going to be within that within that kitchen facility. So okay. it's just kind of how. how if that was like one of your biggest mistakes, having a socket behind a wardrobe, that's not that's not too bad for. <laughs> no, nothing, yeah, I haven't had I haven't had anything drastic. Um, okay. Just not nothing like major where like cost me like crazy to, to fix. And, no. and and your refurb cost? Did you think you estimated that? I mean, would you act was eighty k your initial budget, or it was where were you? Ninety k was the original budget. So okay. This the first, this only project coming under. <laughs> so, um, just simply just simply because this project was a project that we didn't 100% not, not, we didn't we tried to um, I guess we want to say save some money in some places like we didn't go back to ripping every single wall there were certain areas before this condition of the walls fine not to replaster it or take off the yeah the plaster and replaster the walls and board it up again uh, but yeah we end up on, on, on 88k on, on the refurb so that, yeah just only one of come under um, comes out on the budget that's nice and then so to date how many have you done now? Um, four no. one moment and, and you've got Two more in the pipeline? 
Is that right? Yeah, I've got two more going through planning at the moment. Um, literally submit the parking survey today for my architect to submit to the council, so fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to, but yeah, one of them is quite a creative one. It's like a key undertaking. So we're going to exchange contracts. I'm not using a bridge on that one. The guy mm -hmm. owns the house for cash. So literally the plan is, the minute I get planning, um, tenants get taken out, um, and then I can start the works. Don't need to, don't need to spend money on the, on the, or getting a bridge or whatever. I'd mm -hmm. spend the money up front to do the refurb. Obviously, we exchange contracts, it's legally binding in terms of being, me being, able to, being able to buy the property, him, him, him being able to sell it as well. And then on the refinance, I would then buy, the, in effect, buy the property and refinance at the same time. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. Sorry, so, yeah. I'm, saving, I'm saving a lot of money on, on that one for sure. So, that, that would be a, a good deal for sure. Oh, That's good. That, that wasn't the one we discussed that had the basement that you were talking about putting a gym in. Oh no, that's the that's, that's, that's another one. Uh, oh, okay, so, that's the, uh, that's still going ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, so that's maybe eight studios is the plan. Mm. So the, the, I don't know if I told you what the end plan was, but it's eight studios. The basement area is still kind of dead space, but we call it a gym and, and a washing facility at the moment. Um, but with, yeah, at the moment extra communal space, space. You can have a. I saw someone. The thing I had a. Um, a client, I was PMing his stuff, and he did a 13, like, it was a 13-bed HMO. And they had, a, they had a gym. But it just ended up becoming, like, where everyone left their suitcases. It didn't really... So even to, poten to potentially, to be fair, one thing maybe you can consider is just doing, like, mini rental storage units inside there. Because everybody needs storage, and storage is a premium. People are paying... Hundred and fifty pounds to rent a garage a month, so that's not bad. Got... That's not a bad shout. What's yeah? That's, that's not a bad shout. Can't wait. Ten percent. I'll take that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the first. Yeah, but yeah, I think that could work. But that's good. That's good. Um, what? So I know obviously you've spoken a lot, but if we stick like within the property space, what what are your next kind of sort of next sort of two three year goals? Um, I, I want to raise a good chunk. We've spoken about this already, but I guess mm. the audience. Um, so my, for me, after I've, I've done one in terms of raising finance at the moment, now I kind of want to scale up to kind of raise million, two million pounds from one individual. Um, mm. So for me, it's now I'm kind of I'm building a foundation to allow me to go away to go be able to, to be able to network with people, spend some time building relationships, to be able to take that money or get them to trust me um, with their money to go and make more money with that with that money. So. I do want to get into large developments, um, so whereby I'd find a developer, even yourself, Kaz, if you said, like, you wanted to do a scheme, go big with it, obviously, it needs a big project, um, but if you had a big project and said you needed a million pound, two million pound, I would want to be that guy that says, okay, I've got the money, let's do this deal, whether it's a JV, or it will be a JV, mm. um, and we do the project together, we either sell the units or retain the units. If the investor who's lending the money wants to be part of the deal, then they'll be part of the deal as a three-way split. Um, or just be myself and yourself in that deal and then they get paid a return if that's what they want um, but that's that's where I want to kind of get to but go like do high rises not, I don't really want to do I haven't, oh, I haven't, to this day I haven't really thought about doing any like luxury homes or stuff like that more apartments going up as high as possible um, and doing just big projects with the major cities that, that's yeah. why kind of, my 2022 onwards I want to kind of focus my energy on that I'll still do HMOs in the background I think but I don't want to kind of create a massive portfolio of HMOs. I don't think they're, they're hard to maintain. Um, I think buy-to-lets are your traditional. They're the best model you can have. Obviously, I want to try do and know, make it. Do, do you know what I love? But I think you would like as well, obviously, like not now, but maybe like after you, you start smashing your, your towers and you've got like, you want to invest, yeah. um, commercial units. 
just because they're good, they're good yields. Good and yields. You, don't have to, you don't have to do anything. It's just once you hand the keys over, that's your problem business for business. five, ten years. Yeah. Best, best, best. Literally the most. Probably, I'll just point out, it's probably the point where you can kind of save properties passive. Mm. So extend yeah. as well. But if you own commercial property, you can say you're a passive landlord. Yeah. Like, oh, you build insurance. Here's your, here's your percentage. Company, like, te- like Tesco, Sainsbury, like these, these, these commercials that you're going to have it for 10 years, mm. pay you on time, credible companies, business to business, let's game changer for sure. That's good. Let me go for a cut. I actually ignored a couple of the questions. Um, Sass and my offer's not done rent to rent. Um, this question, uh, do you guys take on investors and what's the minimum amount you take from uh, Carlos? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm always raising money. Um, I'm always posting about raising money. So yeah, if you've got funds available, not really utilizing the funds, you want to get a return, feel free to message me. But I do have one caveat. I feel like you need to be in a position to be able to lend the money. Um, in my case, I'm, I'm mainly borrowing money as like working capital. It's not necessarily specific for the deal um, because I'm, I've got quite a pipeline of projects. Even if I told you that one deal that I'm using the money to, I'm use, using the money for. The chances are I'm going to refinance the project. No, chances are I'm going to refinance the project and it's going to go into the next deal and then it's going to go into the next deal after that. So it's more of a, a short, long term, whichever way you want to look at it, um, investment mm-hmm. with me and get a fixed return on that, on that money. But definitely, in terms of minimum, I always try and say, 20, I think 20k at the least, but it, it just depends. It, it, about 20k is what I'd say is, is, is the minimum I'll consider. Okay. So you guys heard that? You guys can reach out to Mr. Alfred. Um, okay, that's a good question. It wasn't pinned, but um, as a successful businessman, how do you manage to stay motivated? I find this question so hard to answer, you know. Everyone says, how do you stay motivated? I feel like, I think I'm pinning myself against certain things I want to achieve in life. Mm. And I'm always referring back to those things. So whenever I feel like demotivated, I'm kind of referring back to what, what is it I'm doing this for. Um, I want to be able to support my parents, I wanted to go to build a legacy. I want to have, have a, my family to be comfortable. Um, and that, that can only come through me having access to funds and being able to be able to support them through, through that medium. So it, it's, it's always, I'm always I, thinking about that thing. Why can I help you with this? Can I, can I help you with your answer? Because I feel like that's a, good, that's a good answer. But I feel like when I see you anyway, and from what I see, I feel like structure is how you stay motivated quite well. Because I've seen you've been part of like the 5 a.m. club. I've seen you go to the gym early mornings. I've seen, you know, you have quite a specific regimented structure in the way you do things. And that creates accountability and creates trends within yourself and creates patterns, which if you now don't go to the gym or don't work today, you feel unusual because it's become... I swear to very... God. I swear to God. <laughs> literally, bro. On, on, literally, like, if I don't go to gym in the morning, I've associated gym, going to gym in the morning to having a good day. If mm. I don't go to gym in the morning... My, based my days isn't set right like it just it feels weird um but yeah it's, just, it's definitely true the structure is very very yeah very very because it, it's like i don't know it's some smart like um psychologist or something you know i can't remember who it is but had like had the idea that basically if you're trying to start a new habit you like match it with another habit so let's say for example you you said okay you know i find it really hard to read and i want to start reading this book regularly but i'm not good at it what you would do is if you go to the gym every morning you would make it something where you you say, okay, before I go to the gym, I read the book. So it's almost like you can't do one without the other. I know people that do it with, like, they associate, they, they sandwich it between two things. They say, okay, I shower, I do my 50 press-ups, then I brush my teeth. 
And it's like, so then make sure they do the press ups between two things that are already a habit to just blend it in with your current lifestyle. Yeah. For those that aren't, if you're trying to pick up a new habit, whether it is like learning in the property space, whether it's, you know, wherever it may be, potentially trying to like sandwich it with something that's existing already could be a good way to achieve that. Um, I think we are. I think this is a good question for you just because, and that's a question that comes up a lot, but do you have any tips on finding good builders in an area, for example, maybe where you're not located? But I just think finding builders in general. Um, so I personally have never worked with individual trades. Um, mm -hmm. So like electrician, plasterers. I, I work with a construction company. So like a, mm -hmm. someone, a head builder. Luxury man, you. You're so, you're Bro, so smooth. Skill. Like you, can't, you can't skill and, and ha or you can, but you're going to work a lot harder. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I'm so grateful for the work, my work, my corporate days in terms of being a project manager. Literally, we had, I was working on an engine program. We had 300 engineers and they all had their little teams uh, where it's boosting and like there's so many different areas and you have to in interact with every single person. And it's like, you can't do everybody's job and try and make yeah. everybody in, in sync. So there's always some, some sort of head within the team that kind of deals with everybody. So I'm liaising with the, the, the one person from each, person, from each team. And the similar principle with the build, build guys, I just want to, I want to talk to one person. I don't want to talk to an electrician, plasterer, carpet guy, um, gas, mate, I'll be losing my mind. If I'm trying to get them all come in at the same time or make sure one's done in summer, they'll work before the next one comes in. One person's dealing with everything and I, mm. that's their problem. So if one's late or they haven't come on site, I'm not calling an electrician and saying, why are you not on site today? Um, so I've, I've, the way I found a good construction company is I have gone to site and seen a project in terms of the finished project and also seeing one within the middle of works to kind of see the standard of, 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 of work as well. Because again, there's so many ways of, of building a, or, build, or renovating a house or, or building mm -hmm. a house or whatever, converting a house. And you just want to see how they do certain things. Um, and you might not, certain things might not, might not resonate with you. Like, I don't want to work with this person because they, they do this the same way. Um, so going physically on site, never trust a video, never trust pictures. Um, anybody can take a good corner of a, of, a, of a property to make it look the best and show like this is their work or even for example get someone else's work and say it's theirs so try and physically go and see them mm. their work in person and if you like what you see you're, you're <laughs> I would assume they're good from there basically from, from, from the quality of standard they're, they're producing yeah. and, I think and, can, and talk to their client as well <laughs> make sure they're happy yeah if you can if you can talk yeah, to their clients can. as well um, but you apply the same principle with the individual trades. Go and see their work. Mm -hmm. uh, but just be careful as well. I think even with a construction company, some of them do high outsource the work. So get very clear on what is it that you do in-house in, in, in and what are you outsourcing. Because if it's like electrical work, gas work, they're usually outsourced because the certificates mm -hmm. they have to have at the end. Um, but in terms of plastering, if that's within in-house, then you're good. You know that's, that's been the same standard from house to house. Whereas if they're having to hire a new plasterer, it might vary. So you might have seen a good plaster work done. It doesn't mean the guy they're going to hire on this project or it might be the same guy because he might be busy. Yeah. So That's just, a very, very if you're working with a company, just understand what is that construction company reliable for and what are they outsourcing. So you know what to look out for in terms of quality and the variation that, that could be possible within that. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's very good. But to be fair, I'm not actually, although I knew that, I've never actually said that as an advice point to actually make sure because there's a lot of construction companies that are more just project managers that have you've built good relationships with loads of different yeah. trades. So if you've seen a good team, and a lot of construction companies have multiple teams of builders and they're working on multiple sites. 
So if you've seen a team that you like, you need to kind of pitch that, that that's who I want and double check who's actually going to be doing my job. I think this is the last question because it's quite interesting. Um, DD Capital has said, any tips on navigating a hot market? Well, that direct sounds like... That's a, ooh, you got a direct to vendor? Yeah, man. Like This year, I haven't secured anything on market. Mm. I don't say it's impossible. I think... So, okay, this is the, okay, two tips. <laughs> have cash. Mm. <laughs> when you have money, you can, be very, you can be a big bully in the market. And reason mm. being, I lost out on a deal. I was willing to pay more. Yeah, but I said, look, I'll pay you more, but I need you to wait longer. Someone came in and said, I'll pay you less, but I can give you the money in three weeks' time. And guess what? The guy was like, I want the money now. I'm waiting three months to, to kind of yeah. make more money. I, I, I just want to let go of this property now and be done with it. So yeah. having, having cash, being, being cash rich, you can literally just steal deals. Just for the fact you've got cash in the bank. The money's and there, I, you close very quickly. I was going to say, just to make that more accessible, potentially, if you don't have the cash, you could still replicate that by being very clear in what you can deliver. So if you're going to offer and saying, I don't have a chain, here's my proof of funds for my deposit, here's my mortgage offer, I'm happy to, you know, tie into an eight weeks, you know, completion. completion. And I'll give you I'll give you a non refundable deposit of three K just so you know I'm serious, for example. But make sure you position yourself where people know that okay, this person knows what they're doing, they're not gonna change their mind, they're not gonna, you know, sort of try and renege on me. They just they they want this deal. Yeah, and then the second point, being direct to vendor. Um, again, because it's not on the market, there's no competition, um, you can kind of negotiate a bit better. Um, but it depends on the person as well. If their person's quite clued on, it's like, well, I could put it on the market and get more. So you have to be, again, I think position is the very, I think probably that's probably the key point. How you position yourself to the person you're trying to sell, trying to buy from. Because if they see like you're credible, can deliver, they're, they're likely to do the job with you or they like you or you've got a rapport with them. Then, they, then they like to do the deal. Like the house, the the eight eight studios, they've got an offer, but it's selling it to me because they like me being young, mm. being um, driven. They've seen our previous projects. I showcased them. Like this one, one I've just recently finished. They liked it. Like you know what, I like what you're doing. I see you're young. You're trying to build something yourself. So I, I'm I'm keen to sell the property to you. I'll, I'll tell that person no, basically. Yeah. Um, so position is very very important. Yeah, no, no, good, 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 good answer. I think good way to end off there, Alfred. What are you selling? What, what can the people buy from you? Pitch yourself. Where can we find you? What's going on? I don't, I don't mentor. I don't... <laughs> the only thing... Something. Only thing... I've seen it on your story. No, no, no. So, you know what? That was all a, a marketing stunt. So the mentoring... I put a question on my thing. Who, 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 who's interested in being mentored by me or something like that? Something along those lines. But I was more... That, and that's what I'm about to say. I'm, I'm, the only thing you can kind of get off me is um, a mastermind group. So I have a weekly Tuesday mastermind group. We, we meet up every Tuesday on a Zoom call, 8 p.m. Um, it's a monthly charge. It's currently £57 a month. So the whole mentoring thing was kind of dive up. I know no oh, I'm not going to spend hours of my time mentoring someone because I'm trying to do more things, raise more money, do more deals. Mm -hmm. So it was more of a diversion to say, okay, this, I'm going to put a price tag, a crazy price tag on it. Take it or leave it and, and kind of divert you to the cheaper option, which is the mastermind. So that, that's okay. why I did it. Um, I didn't mentor anybody. Um, the only person I ever mentored is one girl, um, and the only reason why I mentored her is because she asked me twice and said no, and she came back, uh, well, I, oh, I went to her and said, look, I need 30 grand today, I knew she had like 80 grand around her, I said, I need 30 grand today, I'll give you my time, if you can get me the 30 grand today, um, at 0% interest, and I'll spend every, every month two hours with you, 
You can come on my sites. I can walk you through my sites. Um, for me, that's a good exchange of value, and that's the reason why I did it. Um, but okay. that's the only basically. If you give me money, a lot, a lot, sum of money, I can give some of my time. But I'm, I'm trying to avoid that to be honest, because I want to do, I want to do other things. Um, okay, okay. So, but I know. Myself. But when I said that, it doesn't have to be that. I know you're on the YouTube. Is your YouTube the same as your Instagram? Uh, no, it's well. You can just search my name, Alpha Jade. Um, okay. But, but yeah, just type my name. Alpha yeah, but Jade. how would it? How do you spell Jade? Because don't say it like. Z Z A D E Y. Instagram, just literally just a link on my bio. Take straight to my uh, my YouTube channel. I showcase all my projects in terms of the the refurb stages from start to finish, and then the final mm. showcase as well. I'll just share some tips as well on there. Um, anyone interested in raising finance, me and Tej are doing a uh, raising finance to our um, Zoom call on the third, I think it's the first day, third. Go on my, on my, on my, on my Instagram, on the, on the bio's link there. I think it's the third of, of June, uh, 7 p.m. for two hours, going through everything in terms of how to get about um, raising finance, how to get started, how to position yourselves, how to handle objections from investors who are potentially wanting to lend money, uh, not having credibility at the start, all these, all these things will, will go through it. So if that's of interest, yeah. just to kind of put it out there, it is a paid thing, it's £99 for the session, um, but if you've got £99 and you feel it's going to be value to you, I think it's a no-brainer, to be honest. I think there'll be mass, mass value given on that, so if you're interested, feel free to join us. That's good. I think that, that's it. I think the last question was literally that, so Matthew, sure, you know where to go now to find out about... Um, raising 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 capital i think that is it myself and alfred are going to go enjoy the rest of our bank holiday weekend Hope everybody's got some good value that they've enjoyed it um yeah if you liked it and enjoyed it make sure you're following myself follow alfred on the socials instagram and youtube both locked in there for those that don't want to spend money on courses there's some free free youtube information out YouTube there youtube so is your best friend if you don't want to yeah <laughs> exactly that but again i hope everybody's got some good value appreciate you all for logging in next week got an amazing amazing episode on with the man himself mr big deals anthony deville um he's doing some amazing projects i think he's currently doing about 200 plus units um he's going to be on discussing his journey so make sure you're locked in sunday 6 p.m ask someone else by property by kazi much appreciated thank you no thanks for having me bro take care take